Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. So far, listen close. If you've been here on Sunday mornings, it has been dark. It's been bleak. In chapter 1 through chapter 3, Paul has been pointing out that in chapter 1, the heathen is indicted, who acts like God doesn't exist. And then in the first part of chapter 2, if you've been with us, you know the hypocrite is indicted because the hypocrite, listen, talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk. And to the hypocrite, his conscience indicts him. And then the end of chapter 2, and the first part of chapter 3, Paul indicted the Hebrew, and the commandments testify against him. So Paul's point from chapter 1 through chapter 3, are you listening? Paul's point is from the Hebrew to humanity, all are indicted and condemned. And they are condemned by their character in verses 10 through 12. And they are condemned by their communication in verses 13 and 14. And they are condemned finally by their conduct in verses 15 through 18. And why do they do these things we talked about last week in verse 18? Because they have no fear of God. Chapter 3, verse 18, look at it. There is no fear of God. Before their what saints? Their eyes. Therefore, in verse 20, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And so far, it's pretty dark. This morning, listen close. It's almost like the light of the glorious gospel begins to peek through the dark clouds. Paul's been pointing out man's sin. Paul's been talking about how sinful and dark The sin nature is in the heart of man. And now Paul begins to talk about one of my favorite theological words, justification. That's a good word. You ought to write that word down. Justification. Now listen, I'm going to encourage you to listen quick. Listen close this morning. The text that we are about to look at in verses 21 through 31 is probably, in the book of Romans, one of the most important texts to clearly understand. Because it's because of this text, of the righteousness of God, and the unrighteousness of man, and God justifying man apart from the works of the law, lots of people who don't understand this part of Romans, they find themselves in law and legalism. Because they think that they can do something to make God happy with them. And they don't understand that God justifies us. I'll give it to you early. You could look at it as just as if I'd never sinned. 
Just as if I, God justifies us and makes us righteous. This morning, we're going to look at some big theological words. That's why I want you to have your pen available and your pen available, your pad, because we're going to look at some really big theological words. Don't get scared. I'm going to explain them all to you. And by the time we're done this morning, you're going to be glad that you know these big theological words. With that being said, Romans chapter 3, we will pick up our study in verse 21. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. Now, but now, underline those two words, but now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who behave. Is that what it says? To all who what? Believe. For there's no difference. For all have sinned and fall, singular, short of the glory of God. Being justified, underline that in your neighbor's Bible. Amen. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth, set forth as a propitiation. There's your word for today by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. Here's why that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, verse 27, where is the boasting then? If God did all that, where's the boasting? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart From the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify folks that are circumcised by faith. And the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law of faith? Perish the thought. God forbid. Far from it. On the contrary. We do what with the law saints? We establish the law. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Verse 21 is a turning point. It's a turning point in your margin. You write that down. Verse 21, but now, is a turning point in the first three chapters. Notice but now. See, the contrast is between then and now. It's a great transition. Chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 20, then we were lost in sin, but now, verse 21, something has changed. Paul has spent, if you've been with us, you know this, Paul has spent the last three chapters talking about man not being made righteous by their own deeds. But now, notice Paul tells us, there is a righteousness that is without the law, apart from the law. And the righteousness that Paul is talking about is a righteousness that could never be produced in man through the law. 
Now, as we read these verses, if you take a cursory glance, you can learn some things about righteousness. Number one, if you're taking notes, this righteousness, the Bible tells us clearly, is apart from the law. No good deeds you can do. You'll never earn it. You don't deserve it. It's apart from the law. Now listen, if every human being on earth is sinful, here's the reasoning for Paul. Here's the reasoning that Paul's coming to, working with. If every human being on earth is sinful and condemned and unable to be made righteous by the law, then there's going to need to be a righteousness that is apart from the law. If every human being is unable, are you listening? To be made righteous by the law, then in order for God to make us righteous, it, this righteousness is going to have to come to us apart from the law. Second thing you can learn about the righteousness is it's only produced, did you notice this? This righteousness is only produced by faith in Jesus, verse 22. You see that? By faith in Jesus Christ. By faith, notice, in a person, not a system. Say amen, saints. A person, not a program. The righteousness is produced by a person. His name is Jesus. And then thirdly, in verse 22, this righteousness is unto all. This righteousness is to all. Did you notice that in verse 22 again? It's to all and on all who do what, saints? Believe. There is no difference Concerning God's righteousness. The Jew, the Gentile, the male, the female, the black folks, the white folks. We all need a righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. We all need the same righteousness. It comes from Christ. When we get to heaven, we'll all get there by the same righteousness. And we'll all be there together. Jewish believers and Gentile believers will be in one heaven. Black folks and white folks, we're all in one heaven. There's no black heaven, there's no white heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. If you knew that, say amen. amen. Okay, now. I don't want to start nothing this morning. No, everybody is going to be in one heaven that is created for righteous folks. All those who believe in Jesus Christ go to heaven. Notice talking about this righteousness was also, did you get that again? Back up a little bit in verse 21. This righteousness was witnessed by the law and the prophets. You know, in the Old Testament, every time a lamb was sacrificed, it spoke of the fact that man couldn't be made righteous by the law. And that is why, right after the law was given, the sacrificial system was given, because God knew that man could not be made righteous by the law. And if a man could keep the law, then God would have never given the sacrificial system. So listen, the sacrificial system itself, had you ever thunk it? The sacrificial system itself is evidence... That man cannot keep the law. The system itself. God put it in place because he knew that man could not keep the law. And the prophets and the law witnessed to it. The prophets talked about this 
someone who was going to come and fulfill the law. Isaiah chapter 53, read it in your own time. Zechariah chapter 12, read it in your own time. The prophets talked about this someone who is going to come and fulfill the righteous requirements of God. So Paul then goes on in verse 23, it's a very familiar verse, for all have sinned, look at it again, for all have sinned and fall, I pointed that out, singular, did you notice that? Fall short of the glory of God. Listen, all has sinned has the idea of that of once and for all. Fall short has the idea of never crossing the finish line, continually falling short. The verse could read, all have sinned once and all are continually coming short of the glory of God. We're all coming short of God's glory. We've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. You don't believe me? I challenge you, if you don't believe that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, I challenge you, get up tomorrow morning and see how long it takes you to fall short. Amen. Get up tomorrow morning and and see how long it takes you. Get out there on that 40. You got your cup of coffee, you driving along singing a happy song. And you got your cup of coffee and you just getting to work and they're on that 40 and some guy cuts you off. You have to slam your brakes, spill your coffee in your lap. I guarantee you are going to fall short. (laughs) Then don't shout me down. All right. I know that's right. Look, I tell you what, your kids get out of control. You're going to fall short. Look, some of y'all fell short on the way to church this morning. I know it. I can see it all. You fell short. We all fall short. Somebody say amen. We all fall short. All have sinned. This is everybody. In the Greek language, all means all. And that is all what? All means. All means all. And that's all all means. All. Everybody. Nobody's excluded. We all fall short and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. This is the position of every human being. All have sinned. And because we're all sinners, listen, we are in a predicament, which means God must act. And if God does not act, then we have no hope. But God did act by providing righteousness that is apart from anything that we can do. It's provided by Jesus Christ to all who believe through faith in Jesus. All have sinned, but notice in verse 24, I told y'all it's good news today. Look at verse 24. We've all sinned, but we've all been justified. You see it? We've all been justified. The word justification is a legal term if you're taking notes. And it means all our sins are removed. Justification is something that is imputed or pronounced. It isn't earned. It isn't deserved. It can't be worked for. It's pronounced upon you. God pronounces and says, you are forgiven and I don't see your sin any longer. You could look at this word, as I pointed out earlier, just as if I'd never sinned. In other words, God looks at your life and justifies you and looks at it just as if you never sinned. And not only are your sins taken away, 
But get this. There's no record that you ever sinned. As far as the east is from the west, so shall your sin be far from me, God says. So it's not just like your sin is taken away. That's one act. Are you listening? That's one act. But then another act is for not only your sins to be taken away, but that they are canceled. They're never to be remembered. You're made righteous. So you're forgiven. As soon as you, you understand, as soon as you become a Christian, this is all that happens. So you, you're forgiven. And you're made righteous just like that. And there's two different acts, actually. For example, listen close. If a teacher cancels your F on a term paper, that's great. But it's not the same as if she cancels your F and then gives you an A. All right, let me put it like this. Some of y'all didn't get it. Okay. (laughs) If a bank forgives the debt on your account, that's great. But it's not the same as declaring you rich. See, the rest of y'all got that, right? (laughs) You see, so canceling our sin is not the same as declaring us righteous. God does both. So listen close. If you backslide or you sin, listen. If you backslide or you sin, you cannot change the legal decree. You can't change that. Well, Pastor Ryan, can a person lose salvation? Can they become a son and then they lose their salvation? Now they're not a son anymore. They're a bum. Can they? Well, listen. When you backslide, you can't change a legal decree that God has already signed, sealed, and delivered. You can't change that. Now, what happens is when you backslide, listen, it breaks down your ability to fellowship with God because you grieve the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't change the fact that you are God's son or that you're God's daughter. You can't change that. You know, it's almost as if if Rodney Jr. does something deliberately and sins against me. Now, I'm going to kill him because I ain't God. No, no, seriously. If Rodney Jr., does something deliberately and he sins, what happens is we have a problem, but it won't take away the fact that he is my son. It won't take away, it won't make him any less a junior. I I won't be able to say to him, you know, change your last name, pack your stuff, get out of here, and and you're going to become unborn. You, You can't. You see, justification is something that is pronounced on those who believe. It's pronounced. It's God's plan. And notice we're justified. Not only are we justified, talking about justification, but notice also it comes to us, look at verse 24 again, it comes to us freely. Did you see that? Now listen, freely doesn't just mean you didn't pay for it or without a cost. It also means, watch this, it's without deserving. It's the same word used in John chapter 15 where Jesus is being blamed without a cause, freely. We've been justified without a cause, undeservedly. Why did Jesus justify us? I don't know. Why did Jesus love us? I don't know. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. There isn't anything that drew you to it. You can't work for it. You're not as lovely as you think. You're not some kind of trophy in God's curios and you deserve to be saved. God justifies us 
freely. We're justified freely by his grace. Notice this also in verse 24, through redemption. You're still tracking with me? The word redemption is a word of commerce. It literally means to loosen. Now, there are several words in the Greek culture that spoke of redemption. The first of them, if you purchased a slave out of the slave market, he would still be a slave, redeemed. The second word, if you purchased a slave out of a slave market, he would never go back to the slave market again, redeemed. And then thirdly, finally, which is the word that's used here, you purchase a slave to set him free and he is never a slave again. The Bible teaches that Jesus has purchased us at his price undeserved without a cause and justified us and set us free. Amen. Amen. Now listen close. You've been coming to Calvary. See us worshiping the Lord. Hands lifted up. Clapping our hands. Enjoying the presence of the Lord. And you just don't get it. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I just don't get this whole worship thing. What's up with the clapping, the hands, the lifting of hands and singing and all of that? Well, listen, let me make it simple for you. The reason, are you listening? The reason we worship Jesus, the reason we lift our hands, the reason we clap our hands, the reason why we get excited, because we know what Jesus has done for us. Somebody needs to say amen better than that. Isn't that true? I know what Jesus did for me. We know what Jesus done for, has done for us. We don't sing because we have to sing. We sing because we were dead and now we're alive. We sing because we were lost and now we are found. We sing because we were blind, but now we see. That's why we sing. That's why we lift our hands. We sing. We sing because Jesus died in our place and we didn't deserve it and we know it. I know it. Jesus died in my place. We didn't deserve it. And we know that. And we understand that he has freely justified us. We understand that this redemption comes to us simply by believing in Jesus. And then notice in verse 25, whom God has sent forth as a propitiation by his blood. That word propitiation literally means the mercy seat. In the Old Testament, you look this up in your own time, in the book of Leviticus, I believe it's right around chapter 6, this word is translated mercy seat. It's used in the Old Testament sacrificial system. A lamb that had never done anything wrong would be taken and slain and its blood would be shed and die in, the, in, in your place. And the Bible teaches the sinless, perfect, holy, righteous Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was slain by the Father. His blood was shed and Jesus died in our place. And Jesus' sacrifice on the cross satisfied the righteous requirement of God. That God sent forth Jesus to be a propitiation, a mercy seat. And that is why, listen close, Jesus can pronounce us justified without our goodness. Because something else has satisfied the righteous requirement of God. That's why Jesus can be the justifier of us. Because he's just and the justifier. Because he has set up a person, God, who satisfies his righteous requirement. 
Jesus Christ. Jesus himself. And it's with his blood sacrifice that he redeemed us and he set us free. Aren't you glad about it? He set us free. All of this happens by grace. God loves us not because there's anything lovely in us, but because of who he is. And then again in verse 26, that's how God can be just and the justifier. Because God himself has set a divine plan in motion whereby the sin of every foul mouth, verse 14 of this chapter, every lost person, none righteous, not even one, who is going their own way, they have no fear of God, Every person who is turning away from God, yet God is justified in taking one of them and saying, if you believe in me, I will justify you. Now, listen to me close. You purchase this CD, you give it to someone who is religious or legalistic, and they will have a problem with this teaching. They got a problem with verses 21 through 31. Because verse 21 through 31 is all about what Jesus did, not what their religious self can do. That's why they have a problem with it. You give this CD to, to, to someone who, who is legalistic Christian, or they don't like it because they don't smoke or chew or go with girls who do. No, they don't like that. You see, because what, what we're talking about here is what Jesus did. The moment you got saved. The moment you got, do you realize the moment you got saved, you were ready to go in the rapture? I know where I came from a church. Oh, Lord, help me. I came from a church where you say, how you doing today, bro? Well, I'm just trying to make it in. How's things going? Trying to make it through. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.